Hey guys, this is Liz Cambage. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Esther Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. Welcome back, everybody, to another WNBA Nation episode of our 2022 Team Previews. We have a good one for you today. Logan Jones and I are going to be discussing the Los Angeles Sparks. Logan, this is the one episode that I... (laughs) The one team that I am, am coming into with so many thoughts and almost... No answers. Yeah. Does that make um, sense? We could spend a minute <laughs> on every player currently on the roster and still get a 20 minute episode out. So it's hard to start <laughs> to narrow things down. Uh, I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, they'll have made some cuts and it'll be a little bit more solidified, but That's you sort true. of know what this, the team is going to look like uh, on paper, but I don't think anybody knows what they're going to look like in practice. So this should be a fun one. This is going to be a very fun one. But before we get into that, make sure all of you are following us on all of our socials. You can find us on Twitter or TikTok at WNBA Nation Pod. You also can hit us up on Twitch. That's a great place to interact with us when the majority of our episodes are going to be recorded. They're live on Twitch. We're going to be doing some, uh, some live streams, some watch alongs, some, just some fun content coming, uh, through Twitch. Um, also check out our website, WNBANation.com. That's a great place to interact with us. You can read a little bit of our, uh, you know, about our, our show, you can check out episodes there. You can visit our store. You can uh, do a lot of fun, fun things. We've got a blog up that we're going to have regular content because we've got some fantastic writers, uh, as well that, uh, that are hosts here on the show and, and we'll be putting out some content there. So we hope you're all are excited and checking that out. Um, Logan, let's hop right in. To the Los Angeles Sparks. They finished the season last year with a record of 12 and 20, which is the same record that the Liberty and the Mystics had, but they, because of tie breaking scenarios, can't come in at the number 10 seed. They, uh, they ended their season in a pretty rough stretch, uh, losing, uh, looks like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of their last 10. Pretty rough, uh, pretty rough go. Their, their, uh, their lone wins came against the Seattle Storm and the Atlanta Dream. So in, in that stretch, um, and they had included a loss to Indiana. So not a great end to the season for the Sparks. However, this team has made uh, a lot of changes from last season to this season. But before we get into that, Logan, I'm just curious, what were your takes on the 2021 version? Of the LA Sparks. <laughs> uh, this team sort of irritated me to start last year because uh, I didn't really believe in them. I thought they were going to be really bad, but they got three early wins against Chicago and a win against the Fever. And so they started off the season four and three and they were rolling and people were like, oh, Candace Parker's gone, but like they're, they're reloaded. They're going to be in it. And then they kind of quickly came back down to earth after that, but they still got that early sweep over Chicago that I think carried them in people's good graces for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Olympic break happened uh, at a great time for them because they had lost six in a row. They came back and won some games 
uh, and then kind of lost it again. They lost their mojo against some of the better teams in the league and then ended up, as you mentioned, at 12 and 20 with a couple other teams. So it it was up and down season that I think had more down than up. Um, they definitely felt Parker's absence. I think uh, the Ogumuke sisters played well. Uh, they don't have Wheeler there anymore. We'll get into that. But I think she was an important part of their offense, and they need more offense. And they went out and got more offense. They had a good offseason. Um, but my impression, I, I guess to answer your question, my impression of last year's team is they weren't a playoff team, and they didn't make the playoffs even though they came really close. So mm-hmm. if you're a Sparks fan, there's reason to be optimistic. Um, they they hadn't missed the playoffs since 2011 at that point. Obviously, Parker, a big part of that. But almost made it in anyway after kind of a tumultuous season um, where they, they had some inconsistency on the offensive and defensive end. So I think uh, even though they're one of the last previews that we're doing this year because they finished towards the bottom of the league, they have a chance at doing some things this year. And we'll talk about why that is uh, because they came really close to staying in the mix last season, which we absolutely forget. Um, in addition to what you were saying, I just was checking and I, I'd, I may have to double check the exact stats on this, but I don't know if there was a team that performed worse in the commissioner's cup games. They, there's 10 commissioner's cup games. games. They won, they won a, they won a single commissioner's cup win, like game. They went one and nine in commissioner's cup games. So not good, not good at all. Um, so I do think the LA, a lot of times with the exception of those wins against Chicago was kind of that team that really did lose to the teams that were ahead of them in the standings and beat the teams that they ended up being ahead of in the standings. A lot of their wins are coming against teams like Atlanta and Indiana. Um, and so that, that kind of is, is kind of what you're seeing from this, this sparks version of, you know, the 2021 version of the sparks. However, as you have alluded to, they had quite the off season. We're going to, sometimes we'll touch on, uh, any coaching changes, let's just hop right into the roster because yeah. goodness, you and I just counted. They have nine new faces that are currently on the roster. They, as we're recording this, everybody, there are 17 players on their roster. Obviously that's going to get whittled down to 12, potentially even 11. Um, so there's a lot of cuts to be made. But as it stands right now, as we're recording this, there are 17 people and nine of those 17, over half of them are new to the Sparks organization this season. So they've made major overhaul of their uh, of their roster, of the talent pool that's playing there in L.A. Um, Logan, who are some of the big names that everybody needs to know about? Uh, give me your one or two just you know, uh, obviously big splash signings that they had this last off season. The splashiest are definitely the, I mean, their top two are going to be Liz Cambage out of Vegas and then Jordan Canada. Um, those okay. are not, I, I know every WNBA fan thinks that every, every player in the league is like a star the, the, <laughs> those are stars. Like the, those are some real pickups. Uh, and they, they can help on both sides of the floor, which they, they badly need. They were, they were an okay defense last year. They were one of the league's worst offenses. Um, getting Cambage out of Vegas is really interesting. Um, you you always have like a little bit of an asterisk when you see her on a roster because um, her playing 
time and availability has not been as consistent over the last couple of years as a, as a normal NBA player or a, a normal basketball player. But man, she is one of the best bigs in the league. I mean, there's not a lot of players in the league that are capable of going for 50. So right. you, you pick that up, you put her in the city that she was always destined to be in. And then you add Jordan Canada and a couple other ads that I know you'll get to in a minute. Um, this is, I, I think this is good for the Sparks. This is going to be a different team than last year. Um, I know every roster says that because it's like, oh, we, we made some changes. Most teams tinker. Uh, this team kind of bought a whole new car. Like they, they just went out <laughs> and, and they might do it again next season. We'll get to that, but they, yeah. I don't think they're going to be the same team we saw last year, which makes it very hard to predict where they're going to land. Uh, but considering uh, at least on this feels very like NFL draft type, like, well, they, you know, they added talent and they didn't lose a ton of talent. The math doesn't always work out that way, but it certainly feels like they should be on the up and up based on just their off season pickups. Uh, I would agree with you. Two other names I'm going to throw out as well. Obviously, Kennedy Carter coming out of Atlanta has a ton of potential. Um, young player that, you know, uh, I, I think has made some young player mistakes, but hopefully has matured a lot and, and kind of figured some things out. I think that she just talent wise on the court has to be one of the most electric players that I've seen play. And I think that, uh, from what I've seen, she's had a lot of, uh, off season workouts with some great mentors. I I'm cheering for her to be able to find a lot of success moving forward in this league. Um, so I'm excited that she's going to be there in LA. And I think that she, she's the type of player that, um, you know, she, she seems like a very, very much so a similar player as like an Enrique Gumbawale. Just loves to play just, you know, downhill, gets a lot of penetration right to the hoop and, and can score, can shoot, um, likes to, likes to create with the ball in her hands. So I like Kennedy Carter, uh, moving on to the Sparks roster. And another one, Katie Lou Samuelson, who has played, I think on, she, this is her what? third year in the league and has played on four different teams or something like that. I think she's, I think she's played on, uh, you know, half the, half the rosters in the WNBA and she's, she's only got three years of experience. So, um, Katie Lou Samuelson pretty much started season, you know, season long for the Seattle storm last year. So she's no scrub either. They've added, several big names to this LA Sparks roster. In addition to Lexi Brown, who has been a little bit of a, uh, a journeyman through the, her first four years in the league as well. Um, Lexi Brown continues to get opportunities on rosters simply because she, uh, she can play great defense and is a solid uh, distributor and, and can take care of the ball. So those are, those are your five additions. And then they went out and actually had a pretty decent uh, draft as well. Picking up the two big names that everybody's going to mostly recognize are obviously Ray Burrell out of Tennessee and Olivia Nelson, Nadota out of Yukon. Those two, I think probably have the best shot of making the roster compared to some of these other, uh, names that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, but, uh, I, I, I do think that, that they could come in and, and make a real, make a real difference and add that last bit of depth that this LA Sparks roster needs. Logan, talk to me about the, 
significant role that Neka Ugumake as the WNBPA president <laughs> could hold with this with because they've not only brought in talent, they brought in personality onto this squad. And so I'm curious, do you think NECA is going to have, uh, you know, do you think NECA is going to be, uh, step up and be that vocal leader? Or do you see someone like a uh, Liz Campage or, or somebody else kind of, or maybe a Christy Tolliver being that type of, uh, vocal leader? What do you see going on? Because I think that's where a lot of our question marks are, right? Is this team going to yeah. gel or, you know, cause the talent's there on paper. There's a lot of talent on the squad. Are they going to gel or is it going to be like, you know, oil and water here is that going to be on NECA's you know shoulders, or do you think someone else will step up and, and take a hold of that? Um, I think it needs to be NECA. I it, I I think it can be other players at times. I think obviously on the defensive side of things, maybe maybe Liz can step up and direct traffic at times. But I think everybody respects Ogumake, and especially because she. She doesn't need to go out and be the 1A scorer every night. I mean, she can be that player, but they've got enough offense on that team now that I think uh, you can you can spread the ball around a little bit more than you're used to and not try to force it through any one player. But th- what you said is absolutely correct. If If she can help solidify this team in the locker room, a lot of what this team has to overcome this year in order to be good and be in the playoffs and be a, like a force to be reckoned with is going to happen off the floor. It's going to be how <laughs> not just like can their personalities mesh. Cause I think that gets over, overblown a little bit, but just they haven't played together and they're going to go toe to toe with teams that, you know, have had teammates that have played together for a long time for maybe their whole careers. And they need to mesh really quickly because there's basically no preparation time in the WNBA. The preseason is like three games and then it's just go, go, go. So, <laughs> they they added all of these new players and they, they basically have, uh, I don't know, like a, like if you have like a three on three tournament in your city and you just like call up your friends and you're like, do you, should we, should we go? If you're all talented basketball players, you can get only so far before you run into people who like played together on a college team. <laughs> and right. You're like, Oh, there's just a different level of cohesion and understanding of where everyone's going to be on the floor and what everyone's role is and how to, how to keep everyone fired up. Maybe, you know, when you have got new team teammates, you don't necessarily know what they're going to respond better to. And maybe your style of leadership isn't the type of thing that they need in order to play better. So uh, it's so impossible to predict teams like this. I, I honestly try to, I, I try to avoid like coming off as biased against the sparks because I, I know I have an LA bias, but trying to figure out what this LA team is going to do this year is so frustrating to me because you can look at the roster and say, I know every one of those names. I know they're all WNBA talents. And I know they've got potential to get themselves to the playoffs and do some damage. But not if they start the year looking like Chicago looked at the start of last year, where they just couldn't figure out how to win. They were in a lot of close games. They couldn't pull it off. Like If that's who they are, if that's their identity early in the season, it's going to be hard to bounce back from that. Um, if they get off to a strong start, they could stay there instead of tapering off like they did last year. I think they could actually ride that out through an entire 30 game season. Uh, yeah. I want to, 
I th- you you really did just kind of give a lot of my my, my thoughts Sorry. there. So I, I I no, you're good. No, I I just want to say ditto to all of that. that. Yeah, don't apologize. I I think you you hit the nail on the head. And honestly, I think that you gave a lot of the same thoughts that a lot of Sparks fans are kind of thinking and feeling with this current roster, with this current team. Um, I think that. This is a terrifying team to try to make predictions, but let's go ahead and and try. Okay, I'll try and go first here. Um, man, it is it's really scary to take a look at this at this Sparks team because they probably have the widest range of where they could finish. This team, talent on paper, could be a top three team. However, when you have you know, question marks in a roster like you've got right now. And is it all going to work together? And even though you've got a lot of depth, you know, just, just how's this, how's it going to work? This is an interesting experiment that I, you know, you see some of this in, in men's college basketball because of the one and done rule that you have in the NCAA men's side of things where you bring in just all of this talent to like your Kentuckys and Dukes and Kansases and you know, that you bring in all this talent and you just hope it comes together and the right spark fits because either, either you're gunning for a championship or you might be missing out on the tournament as you like completely. And I feel like that's kind of reflective of what this LA sparks roster might be. So, um, as much as I would love to just say, Hey, I think they're going to be a three through 11 seed. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to go down and instead do the exact opposite. I'm going to make a prediction and say they will finish the season as the eight seed. And I'm going to pigeonhole them all the way down into just one. I think that's really uh, like if I had to, (laughs) if I got like paid money based on how close I got to how right we were, I think I would agree. I'd just be like, oh, look, they're going to be borderline (laughs) playoffs. But they could obviously better be better than that. They could obviously be worse. I think more likely than anything, and I, I just said the opposite of this in the Liberty episode where I was talking about how it's really easy to look at last year's standings and just project the exact same thing, but we know that's not how it works. I'm looking at the standings right now from last year, and I just think I think the 7, 8, 9, 10 spots are probably going to come down to one or two games and probably come down to some tiebreakers. So... I think they could get up to the six and not have to deal with one of the top two teams in the playoffs. More likely, I think they need to get a little bit of fortune on their side this year Mm. um, in order to make the playoffs so they don't get bumped out again because of a tiebreaker or like they, you know, if they get, if they lose the, the season series to Chicago or something like that and it ends up mattering, like, ah, I don't know what I'm saying right now. I I would probably put him in the playoffs at seven. Okay. Um, but but I I think they're going to get there by virtue of like maybe a similar situation that kept him out of last postseason, where they've got the same record as two other teams, but they did it in a better way, so they're in. I think it's going to be that much of a bloodbath in the the borderline playoff teams this next year, just because I. That's it, I, I maybe I'm totally wrong, but I see it as I think one or two dominant teams and then three or four teams that are going to be safely in the playoffs. I just don't know in what order. And then the rest and anybody who's in that the rest category can can really screw things up for my preseason predictions. So. <laughs> uh, 
man, I don't know. I I feel like yeah, picking L.A. at eight is is just my gut instinct. I'm terrified that they're going to end up being like the three seed and everybody's going to come after me. Does that make sense? Like, come, I feel like yeah, come back at, when we're two weeks into the season, things are going to be a lot clearer because yes, I think if yes. they start off bad, that's not the type of team that's going to rally at like the all-star break and then come out and be like, let's make the playoffs guys. Like, I think they're just going to stay out of the running, but if they come out hot, they're going to be prickly all year. Like teams like, like the Seattle and Phoenix type teams are going to go and they're going to have to deal with a really good Sparks team full of players that have been in the Olympics. They've been on the big stage. They've put up big numbers and they're not intimidated by anybody. Just a little bit of context for everybody listening. Uh, when we did our power rankings, and I'm not going to tell you who ranked which team where, but I will just say this, that if you were to... Sp- to span the hosts as far as like where our takes are are on Los Angeles, just in our, our week one power rankings, you'd have it from, you know, easily in the top half of the league all the way to maybe beating out Atlanta. Like that's, that's the range of where our hosts are currently on, on the LA sparks. And so there you get, there you have it. All right. So we're, we don't know. Come back in two weeks. We'll have a lot better prediction. It's it's almost it's almost unfair to try to make us make a prediction on this team because you just you have no idea. But that's all we've got for you for the LA Sparks. Let's go ahead and wrap this up for WNBA Nation. I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones, and we got you next time. No, I'll see you later.